Welcome once again to The Lowdown with the Chelan County Sheriff's Office. I'm your host, Randy Rhodes, welcoming Chelan County Sheriff Brian Burnett. Sheriff, how are you? Doing great, Randy. Good afternoon, everybody. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the show. We also welcome special guest Gustavo Montoya, former publisher of the El Mundo newspaper here in the Wenatchee Valley and community leader in the Latin community of the greater Wenatchee area and here in Chelan County. We welcome you, Gustavo. Hello, Randy. Hello, Sheriff. It's great to have you with us today. And before we uh, jump into uh, some numbers on the Behavioral Health Unit, we'd like to uh, ask uh, Gustavo, give us a little bit of your background. We know you were the publisher for the El Mundo newspaper, but some of your interests in our community and uh, what you and your wife, Norma, do as community leaders. Uh, thank you, Randy. Hello, everybody. My name, again, Gustavo Montoya. I've uh, been in the region for over 13 years, 2080s when I arrived to Wenatchee. And uh, I arrived because um, I was running uh, El Mundo newspaper, which was running both east and west of the mountains. Um, so it has been a great run, learn to, you know, meet many people across the state, especially in our upper and lower valleys. And uh, well, you know, I found love too. So my wife, Norma Gallegos of the region, she's quite known around here. Uh, we, she, we have gotten involved. Or she has been really involved in the community and I have been as well in many ways. Um, so today, what am I doing? I'm no longer the publisher, but I learned quite a bit. And I appreciate your opportunity here. And um, I'm currently running a, a, a team of engineers as a chief technology officer. That's what I do on a daily basis. And then on the community engagement, I happen to be appointed for the board commissioner of the Cascade Medical in the Upper Valley. So we continue to do quite a bit of work um, as we can to serve around our communities. Well, we certainly appreciate you taking time with us today, Gustavo. And I guess uh, we want to have a just kind of open up a dialogue. And if you would kind of uh, delve into, you know, some of the things in our area that you see as issues, concerns, you know, different challenges within the Latin community in the greater uh, Chelan County area and uh, the greater Wenatchee Valley area. Where do you want to start with this? So with the paper, the, the one thing that I learned, uh, you know, it was the engagement with our community, understanding who we were serving on the publishing side. And, uh, you know, one of the areas where I noticed that uh, there was lack of information on, on many other areas was that section of, you know, law enforcement. And, you know, oftentimes when we had situations such as the fires, as uh, one example of the many things and events that happen in our region, you know, how is it that the Latino community, Latinx community or Hispanics, you know, work themselves around those areas? And so, you know, those were very big concerns. We, you know, we've discussed it with different people, group, nonprofits across the region including the sheriff's office, especially emergency management. And, you know, those things were a big concern and have been a big concern uh, for many of us. Ryan, where would you like to step in as uh, all of this relates to all of our residents in Chelan County and the multi-agency behavioral health unit, which, by the way, congratulations and kudos because, I think the BHU has been going on for about a year. Can you kind of take us back to the start and then roll toward um, the end of uh, last month, September? 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's appropriate too, though, to just inform our listeners uh, the relationship between Gustavo and myself, and and where that how that's been. We've known each other for quite some time now, and and engaged on and off in community events, uh, dialoguing. I think one of the most impactful times that I remember though is when Gustavo reached out to me. We had a we had a uh, a general relationship, and you know, being that uh, he was born in Colombia, he's seen a lot of different things from that country. Uh, then as he came to the U.S., but uh, uh, mostly was the, you know, the the corruption with inside the government. And I remember he brought me a book, said, I want you to read this book. It's history on the president of Colombia. Gustavo, could you help me with the name of that book? I, I, I missed the name, but it was an amazing read. Yeah, it's, uh, it was great. It's uh, No Lost Cause by Alvaro Uribe, yeah. former president. And it, and it really did as I re- it was one of those books for me, uh, literally, you won't put it down once you pick it up. You want to finish it. It's that intriguing. And you look in, at that and you examine the life that I have had here in America and realize, oh, my goodness, how much I take for granted, not just for my basic needs and the things that I have, but for basic, uh, we, you know, we think we don't trust the government in a lot of different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Not by any chance the way that uh, their culture had 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 you know experienced for many many decades, and so it was really an eye opener. And then we had a conversation. Basically, Gustavo brought to my attention is those cultures that come up and and immigrate here to America from those Central and South American countries that have that fear and mistrust of government officials, especially military and police, is that that culture is hard for them to shake when they come to America because they don't know that it's any different here than it was there. So how do we break those barriers? How do we break down that and build that trust? That was what Gustavo came to me wanting to know how we can do that. So I've always looked at him to a a major asset and someone that sees things from a lens that I don't always have the possibility to see from. And so that's why we have him here today, because he truly is uh, a, a trusted friend uh, and and one of our greatest community leaders, I think, because he has the ability to help us bridge um, and, and bring people together and, and bond those relationships. And that's what we want to do. If there's barriers to break down, we want to do that. So let's move on to uh, um, the BHU history. Yes. So we had people that had a vision. Uh, to run what we call a diversion program. We'd looked at other police agencies, uh, a couple here in the state of Washington, being Spokane and Redmond, uh, looked at some across the nation, uh, and very few were actually, uh, you know, really getting after it, being proactive. And we said, we need to do something different. Uh, so we went and presented to the Schlein County Board of Commissioners, I think it was back in September of 2021, thinking that we would just kind of start slowly promoting this idea of a diversion or diversion behavioral health unit that would work uh, alongside with law enforcement to identify mental health people in crisis, right? People with mental health crisis going on to keep them out of the criminal justice system, but not just to keep them out of the criminal justice system to save our taxpayers money or to free up our law enforcement and our first responders, but literally to find them long-term solutions, right? So they won't be creating calls and they'll be productive. They'll, you know, um, a lot of times when you talk to these people in crisis, their family members are at their wits end. They don't know what to do. They're so concerned uh, and they really just want to find help for their loved one. And so that's really what we want to do because we do have compassion for these people and we want to see them be productive and and find long-term solutions. So 
but lo and behold, we come out of that meeting and they they throw a motion uh, and vote on it to approve, to move forward. Uh, we figured it would be months down the road and presenting a, a big plan. And next thing we know, you know, we're trying to build the airplane as we're taking it, taking off. <laughs> we'll figure out how to land it later, right? No, so, uh, so, you know, within a couple months, we had our program manager hired. Uh, Anna Johnson, and she was one of the ones that is really, really making this program happen. She's one that has one of the major visions. Uh, we believe in her vision, uh, working along, I'd say we're working alongside her, um, but she really is helping us drive that boat. She's just doing an amazing job. And then we moved forward and hired a second a BHU uh, professional uh, at the first of the year. And Anna went in and, and assisted in writing some grant fundings for different things. And uh, we were able to start that really that concept of moving it regionally forward. And uh, just here in the last couple of months, we onboarded and brought on that third and fourth position. So now we have a team of four uh, and, and we're starting to see, and that, you know, our numbers went from 36 contacts in January to August, I think 346. Let me look. No, 347 in August and 397 in September. And we're just bringing on our additional two members. And now we're going to start branching out and doing things into other agencies. So I think you're going to see a real big change and making an impact here locally. Um, so we're pretty excited about that. And again, it's really about diverting people away from the criminal justice system finding them because our mental health professionals that work on our BHU team are the ones that know all those resources. They know legally what we can or can't do. And so we work alongside them to keep them safe, uh, build relationships. And now we're starting to market the program and people are just far starting to find out about it. Right. So we believe that our contacts will increase, not just because we have more staff because it's readily available within our, in our, um, area in our communities that people know about it and we'll start directing and sending people our way or calling us to say, Hey, I need some help here. Can you help me and, and go talk to my loved one? So I wanted to ask you both uh, if I know there's some things that have been done in the past, but what are some of the ways that you think in the future that we can better communicate and get information from our Anglo sector to the Latino community you know, in terms of events or forums and this type of aspect? That's a great question, uh, Randy. I, I think for sure uh, this approach uh, from the sheriff's office to have the behavior unit, it's really fantastic because other organizations that have been in the, in the area for a long time can have a different approach of how really addressing the needs of the community. I think that uh, in many many instances, um, allowing deputies and police officers to uh, be able to work themselves out from a situation where uh, they're, what they do on a daily job to protect our community can be really engaged on the law enforcement side. When somebody is having a behavioral issue, a mental issue, which we know in the Latino community is very common as well, we, you know, people getting more depressed even after the pandemic, those things got exaggerated, they got worse, um, that the impact is not so hard on the deputies or the police officers. So by having more connections to those other organizations to understand the value of this, uh, this particular unit and, and having the understanding of how that, what it means in their own ways and how they engage the community is really great. So it helps uh, work both ends, at least for, in my perspective, for for those organizations, are there uh, possibly any visions of 
you know, the, the possibility of doing uh, group get togethers and, and this type of thing to communicate, uh, you know, with our Latino community on, you know, uh, just the role of the sheriff's office. I mean, outside of this podcast today, but, you know, just to bring out more information about the behavioral health unit, if you need help, don't be afraid to call. Maybe something on a bigger um, a bigger element uh, where it's more of a group of people getting together. Has, uh, has that been done or is that something that we could possibly look forward to? I'd certainly be happy to be part of it if there were. I'm sure if you have a comment on that. I do have a comment, but I'll... For us, I think that's really where we're at, Randy. We're looking at all the different angles and solutions that we can do to make this program the most impactful around. And, and, and part of that is, is one, is making sure that we have the resources and we know how to direct people and how to utilize those. But really, it's like, you know, we can, we can drive down the street. We can answer the 911 calls that easily identify um, to those that are readily available to identify who's in crisis but that's not the that's not the full population of who's in crisis a lot there's a lot of people behind closed doors um it could be suicidal thoughts there could be uh, people that are, uh, have been abused and, and fighting through the trauma uh, and, and the things that that does to haunt them years down the road. And it could go on and on. You could have a clinical diagnosis uh, from a mental health disease. I mean, there's so many different things. You could be fighting some different things that are coming from your dangerous drug addiction for the over the course of time that has done things to you physiologically, right? So, I mean, all of these different things, but they're not always readily available for us to see just walking or driving down the street. So what we want to do is build that relationship, educate, get the word out and people trust to be able to come forward and direct us to those who are behind the closed doors and such like that. So we can really make an impact because and when you get, and let me give you the topic of whether it's DUI drug enforcement or those, those driving impaired on our roadways is we always know that there's way more than those who we just stop and find that are impaired, right? And a danger to our public roadways. The same thing for sexual abuse. When you look at children that are being sexually abused and when those reports finally come in through CPS or to the sheriff's office or your local police uh, department is what you find out is many, many kids are sexually abused for years prior to that being um, exposed. So we believe this would be the same statistic here is there's many, many people out there that we just don't know about yet, but yet we have to get out there, find where they're at so we can offer them these resources and get them the true help that they're, they really need. Gustavo, uh, how are some of the ways that uh, you and your uh, fantastic wife, Norma, are interfacing with the Latin community here and, you know, discussing these kind of things in the future? Yes. Uh, in the case of Norma, she's uh, very focused on immigrants and obtaining their citizenship. But it is, as we have learned, a first spot to learn everything, right? When a, when an immigrant becomes a citizen, they get, you know, citizen rights. And the one that is most important is the right to vote. But you can see how somebody that has been here for many, many years, a lifetime sometimes, and over, you know, when they're 60 or above 50, they become citizens. They don't really are completely engaged into something like the behavioral unit or the understanding of how that is. And so, um, so in her way, she 
tries to refer as much as she can with those engaged into the citizenship to understand the many values of resources that are out there, understanding government much better. Um, at times, you know, uh, it's good to always attend this because it reminds us, even me that became naturalized here, you know, as a first born, uh, as a first immigrant, uh, immigrating to the U.S., that there is other or other people, and we become accustomed, right? So there is a lot of people that are still needing that way. Um, on the other side, I really will encourage, you know, organizations like Cafe, organizations like the Latin Troops, uh, Northwest uh, Immigrants Projects, the many different organizations, non-private that are there, to really understand the value of the behavioral unit because it also helps them understand how the law enforcement engages in their own. Um, jurisdiction of the services that they're trying to address with the community. Um, and it's an asset. We, as, as long as we all partner to understand what's going on with our community, we're better off equipped to serve those that are in that crisis mode of need. Ryan, uh, any thoughts uh, dovetailing off of that statement, sir? No, because I, I really think, and, and this is why we look to Gustavo and, and Norma uh, as a leaders, because the Latino community 100% trust them. And literally, if they say, hey, it's okay, you can trust this person and you can trust that person or you can trust this program, uh, they do take that as truth. And so it's it's a big deal. I've been to many of their naturalization ceremonies. Um, one, of, one of my favorite things to do as we see people doing it the right way. Uh, and um, But then also going to some of their classes, speaking to them, uh, allowing, uh, you know, Norma to introduce uh, these people they're coming here trying to obtain uh, citizenship uh, and then allowing them to ask questions and dialoguing with them and let, letting them hear that you're just like they are. You know, you're a husband and a father uh, and you have family and friends and, and, and you work through issues as well. And just knowing that that we're a resource and an asset that is just should be as valuable to them as it is anybody else. And making them feel like, no, when you come here to this country and you gain your citizenship, uh, you truly are. I mean, you you have those rights and we want to make sure that they're exercising them and have them and can move forward. And then what you see, it's an empowering piece to that is because it, it, it allows them to rise up, be bolder. Um, we see some amazing people coming out with assets and, and, and business owners and just making a, a huge, uh, what I call a positive impact to our communities. And, and I'd like to add a little bit something there, too, even for those that didn't get a chance to do it the right way, that mm -hmm. somehow found themselves into a situation that it was not of their own making. Those are also part of that community um, and, and they will need the resources of the sheriff's office and the, the many different organizations, the behavioral units, because they themselves also are finding themselves in situations where they, it was not on their own that they they, they arrived to a situation of crisis. Uh, Gustavo, before we let you go this afternoon, do, do you have any closing thoughts you'd like to add before we wrap up this edition of the lowdown? Yeah, I've, uh, you know, I've known, uh, you know, Brian for a while, the, the sheriff, and again, the relationship as friendship as well. Um, you know, I've always appreciated the openness to listen. And I think that, um, uh, you know, more organizations on government should do the same. And we all, I will do it the same as well, to learn from his leadership to continue to listen and connect the dots because at the end of the day, it's connecting the dots that help our community. So, and uh, also 
you know, uh, connecting that trust that, uh, you know, law enforcement and deputies and police officers are out there risking their life to protect our communities. As a Colombian, uh, a country that has been filled with violence from both, you know, left thinking, right thinking, and drug dealers, a terrible combination. We have to protect our communities on what is and continues to be an issue of drugs in our country. And so, you know, preparing ourselves for some of these challenges is key. And following this leadership uh, by the team uh, of the Sheriff's Office, I really appreciate it. And again, thank for the service to all of the law enforcement, including obviously uh, Sheriff Brian Burnett. Chelan County Sheriff Brian Burnett joining us on this edition of The Lowdown, along with Gustavo Montoya. And Gustavo, on a personal level, I just wanted to say that uh, it just dawned on me that uh, I've been working on projects with you and Norma for the better part of 20 years, roughly. And uh, it's been a pleasure and always uh, with the utmost professionalism and uh, information for our community. So thank you very much for that. Thank you for the opportunity. Randy, if I could say something before we close out here uh, to our listeners, um, you know, again, I, I'm just going to put right back what Gustavo was saying about our friendship. But, you know, be honestly, if he, he, there's times where he will come to me and be super open and honest, and it's not always the easiest thing to hear. But he, again, he comes from a perspective that I don't have the ability to um, observe firsthand. And so I have to be able to hear it from his filter, from his lens, and I have to be able to take the time to do that. But I want to say that we need more Gustavos. We need no, more Normas that are out there. And we know that you're out there. We just want yes, you to come, come forward and uh, join they us uh, so we can make a bigger, greater difference in, in bonding the communities. Um, again, we don't have to agree on everything, but we should be in a, in a safe place where we trust each other enough to we can sit down in a safe environment and communicate because without the communications, uh, we know um, it, it just it just falls apart or you never can get to where you need to go. And for us to maintain the quality of life and to move forward uh, with our Latino neighbors, our brothers and sisters, we need that. So we encourage you. We look forward to it. And uh, again, thank you, Gustavo and Norma, for what you do for our community. Thank you, and likewise. And uh, kind of routing out uh, that statement, uh, Gustavo, we do appreciate you joining us today and wondered if perhaps in the future you or, or you and Norma would be willing to uh, be a guest here on the lowdown with us. Absolutely, yes. Thank you, Randy. Absolutely. All right. Chelan County Sheriff Brian Burnett, Gustavo Montoya with our Latin community, community leader, community volunteer, and just a great guy. Thank you both for joining us on this edition of The Lowdown. I'm your host, Randy Rhodes, and we'll see you right here next time. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.